Welcome to Sports Society. Here's your host, Andrew Faust. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the show that never ends. This is Sports Society, episode number 35. I think I'm accurate there. I said last episode was episode 35. Turns out I'm an idiot. Um, and we learn that every single podcast that I do. But either way, um, we are back at it with another one. And you know what? We have more news than we did last week. Okay. Um, and I want to start with the baseball because the trade deadline obviously happened. Um, and there was some movement, especially from our team, the Cardinals. They, uh, needless to say that I'm a very happy person. And um, and also in the Mets camp, the Mets are really, really making some moves. Um, they're unloading. Obviously, there's no real chance for them anymore. So uh, we'll start off with that. Uh, Justin Verlander, word is he's going to be moved back to the Astros, where he helped that team win a World Series. Um, and another Mets pitcher, another veteran, Scherzer, he's getting moved to the Rangers. Um, and the Rangers are really making a push, as you can see, uh, to try to get that World Series. Um, I don't know that they've been back since we beat them in 2011. Uh, so, you know, the Rangers were a great team then, and they look to be a really, really great team now. They just out of nowhere, they're they're a really um, they're a really a real force, you know, in that division. And I think they can do some real damage in the playoffs. Uh, they're loaded, um, you know, in their pitch room, and they just picked up Montgomery from us as well, who's you know one of our better pitchers. So which doesn't say a lot, but he is one of our better pitchers. So they're gearing up for a nice uh, playoff run. But what we're here to talk about today is going to make me very, very happy. This, just because of the background of this podcast and what I've said in the past, is the headliner of today. This guy's been moved. Okay, Jordan Hicks has been moved. Uh, he's going to the Blue Jays. And i got to be honest, man, um, this could not have been – at a better time. It really couldn't have been because I've gone to war with the Cardinals front office over this. Obviously they haven't heard my side of the story. Um, and very little people know their side of the story. Very little people know what the Cardinals organization is trying to do right now. Um, but it seems pretty clear right now that we're just unloading and we're getting a bunch of prospects. So um, we moved Hicks. I don't really care what we got back. We could have got a ham sandwich back. It would have been fine with me. Um, because this guy blows more games than he saves. He showed that this year. He showed that in the past, too. We keep trying to hold on to him because we see greatness. Um, I see him keep you know, showing flat flashes of really good pitching and then um, back to mediocre or back to getting hurt. Um, he's just a liability. Uh, and word on the street is I saw an article that the Blue Jays are planning on unretiring number 12 for him. Um which is bizarre. It's like there's a lot of hype going into him moving to the Blue Jays. I don't see why that is. Um, obviously, he throws over 100, and he's got some crazy stuff in his bag, but um, the control isn't there. The clutch factor is not there. Um, quite obviously, his fielding is not there. And, uh, and yeah, he it's just been so inconsistent his entire career, and it's, it's uh, you know, sadly, it's, it's, it's a great thing to see him go. It really is, and I wish him all the best with the Blue Jays. I hope he does get better. Um, but, you know, like, there's only so much you can take in as a Cardinals fan, uh, watching him, you know, just repeatedly blow games up, walk people, hit people, 
um, it's it's very frustrating. So um, I don't know who else is on the chopping block. I believe we just gave away DeYoung. Uh, and I don't know where he actually, let me look that up for you guys, but we just moved to young. I don't know how I feel about that. He was very inconsistent too. Um, the Blue Jays got him as well. Wow. Uh, yeah. So the Blue Jays obviously trying to make a push, um, in the same way that the Rangers are. So some, some teams are buyers and some teams are sellers and us and the Mets are big time sellers. Um, that's, that's very clear. So. Uh, you know, moving on from baseball, there's not really not much to talk about. I mean, um, the the Angels are also trying to make a push. I think they just got Randall Grichik, who had a great debut. He ended up hitting a home run uh, for the Angels. And, you know, they're trying to win some games to, to win over, in my eyes, the best player in the entire world, and he could be the best ever in Shoya Otani. Um, you know, to me, there's two clear athletes right now that could take the GOAT title away from the, the person who's holding it right now. I think that um, Patrick Mahomes could take away the GOAT title from Tom Brady if he keeps on the same pace that he um, that he is right now. And, uh, and Shohei Otani could take the GOAT um, away from whoever you think. Um, he could take it away from Barry Bonds, who I think is my greatest player. In baseball history, um, in spite of all the drugs, or um, even Babe Ruth, who is doing what Shohei Otani did, but only for a couple of years, and also a hundred years ago, when guys were throwing seventy miles an hour. So it's a different time. It's a much harder, more competitive time to play baseball, and obviously that's all relative. But it's in my opinion that Shohei Otani will go down as the best uh, baseball player of all time. So. This coming off season is going to be very interesting to see where he goes. He could potentially move a little bit, you know, in the California area and go to the Dodgers, which I think a lot of people see happening. He could go to the Yankees, and you know what? We're unloading. He could he could join um, Newt Bar. He could join Newt Bar here in St. Louis. Um, yeah, he could join Newt Bar here. I don't see that happening because um, our our manager is kind of a pansy. Our general manager is kind of a pansy. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't see any of that happening. Um, we're going to move to football. Okay. We're going to start with the NFL and then we're going to go to college. And both of those stories to me really have to do more with coaching than it does with the players. We start with the NFL drama. Okay. And this is really started by Sean Payton. Although I, I think it started by Nathaniel Hackett. Um, so basically Sean Payton, obviously taking over for Hackett. Um, and that that horrific, horrific team last year, the Broncos, um, and and Sean Payton comes out and just blasts him. He just blasts um, Nathaniel Hackett for the job he did. He said it was one of the worst coaching jobs he has ever seen, um, and and he really just basically puts him. You know, he he grills him. He, he banged him. He really he banged him. So I look at this and I'm like, okay, we don't see this a whole lot. We don't see a coach going after another coach a whole lot. This is very interesting to me. Um, and, you know, I just think, I don't know. I think um, both guys are in the wrong for different reasons. I think Sean Payton's far and clear a better coach. I, think, I don't think there's no any doubt about that. Sean Payton is by far the better coach, much better resume. 
he took the Saints from a team that really didn't mean anything to a Super Bowl winning team, and uh, in, in you know in the in the years that he was there, and I'm gonna be honest, I think the Broncos, I see the Broncos around seven wins this year, I see them definitely making an improvement, so I think Russell Wilson will be back, I do. As for the coaches, um, I think Hackett started this, and I say that because Hackett was terrible. He was terrible. The The team, the Broncos came in with so much hype. They've got Judy. They've got Sutton. They've got uh, – who did they have as a running back? Was it Melvin Gordon? Um, Melvin Gordon was was talking about, uh, you know, he, he was yelling at, at Russell Wilson. I remember a clip of that. Um, I think Melvin Gordon even played some, like, future who used to date uh, Russell Wilson's wife. We, so many bizarre things happened there, and that team was just in shambles. It really, really was. It was in shambles. And uh, it was all under Nathaniel Hackett. I think Hackett ended up letting Russell Wilson bring in like his own trainer, his own uh, coach. Um, nothing was really run through the team. It was just like a like a circus. It was like a circus. Nobody knew what was happening. Um, and so Sean Payton saw all of this and said, enough. What what is it? What what did he do? That was one of the worst jobs he's ever seen. So he went on and said this to the press, um, and you know a week went by and we didn't hear anything from Hackett. We heard some some from Sala, who basically said we don't care what Sean Payton says. We don't care, which good on him. Hackett came out and I really liked Hackett's response. He he kind of took the high road here. Um, he kind of belittled Sean Payton in a way. He didn't say anything to belittle him, but he was just like took the high road. He was like. Um, you know, I, I took a little some quotes out of what he said. Uh, as a coach, we live in a glass house, meaning you know everybody can see what's going on, and, and it's it's easy to pick apart what a coach is doing and kind of make fun of them for that. Um, the, he said, "There's things that th- there's ways that things are done in the coaching community," and he said that he thought that you know Sean Payton broke that code. Um, and you know what? I'm I'm going to agree with him there as well. I think Sean Payton was out of line for the stuff that he said. Um, he said it's frustrating what he said. And he said he's it's surprised, he's surprised it happened now. He thought it would have happened when Payton got the job. Um, or or it would have happened when they're about to play them. Uh, I think that's week five. That game's going down. Which, if you don't think I'm watching that entire game, you're sadly mistaken. So that's what Hackett was saying about the situation. Um we move to a, a more age story, but I bring this in because I forgot to talk about it last week. And this one I feel a little bit more strongly about. Um, Deion Sanders just started at Colorado. Okay. He just started at Colorado, and he's inheriting a team that is 1-11. Meanwhile, Brett Venables, coach of the Oklahoma Sooners football team, inherited an... 11 and 2 team, I want to say. 11 and 2? Yeah, they were 6 and 7. So Venables took over. Um, obviously, they did. They lost their they lost their uh, QB in Caleb Blooms. I mean, they still had five stars. They still have five stars in the locker room. They lost their head coach to USC and their QB to uh, USC and, and, you know, some other notable guys. But um, Venables takes over and he sinks them. They're 6 and 7. That's not going to fly at Oklahoma. If he goes six and seven again, guess what's going to happen? He's going to get canned. You know why? Because losing isn't tolerated there. Oklahoma's a football school. They're a football school. 
They've produced a few NBA talents, uh, Blake Griffin, namely. Um, oh, who else? Uh, didn't Buddy Heald go there? Buddy Heald lit it up there. I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Austin Reeves went to Oklahoma. They've got a few guys, a few uh, NBA guys, but they are a football school. Don't be mistaken. They're a football school. Um, and the, you're, they're expected to be great every single year. They they have as rich of a history in football as Alabama does. And I hate saying that because I'm not – I hate the Sooners. My boy Mason Brown is a Sooners guy. I hate the Sooners. So Venables takes over an 11-2 team, sinks them, and then has the audacity to go after Deion Sanders for the way that he is handling his football team. If you guys don't know, Deion Sanders basically turned the Colorado football program upside down. And he's bringing in um, transfers from all over. He's bringing in five-star recruits. He's bringing in guys from Jackson State where he just was. Um, He's bringing in his son, who's going to be the starting quarterback, who is a stud. He's bringing in, um, what was his name, Jackson Hunter, I think his name is, um, who is also a stud. He plays defense. He plays offense. He's a special teams guy. He's he's doing everything. Um, their spring game was sold out for the first time, I think, in school history, I think. Um, it was sold out. And so football is back in Colorado. Deion Sanders is making moves there. And for a team that had one win last year, for a team that had one win, he is doing great things. And I think the over-under for their wins is now at like three and a half, which may not seem like a lot, but I think I would slam that over. Oh, you don't think I would slam? I would slam that over. Um, So for Venables to go after Dion, and basically for the gist of what Venables was saying was Venables wasn't just canning guys. He was giving them, you know, a whole year of of prep time, and he was letting everybody fight for a spot. Who cares? Why go after this guy? Why do that? Um, He made himself look really, really bad. Uh, I know a lot of people were saying that he looked racist uh, doing that. I don't. I don't know that I see that. I think I don't. I don't think anybody is really. You know, I, I can't. I don't know how you look at that and say somebody's racist from that. Um, but you know, Dion is. He's nobody has ever really done what he's doing right now. He's revolutionizing things there, and nobody's tried it. And you know what? I think I think Dion might stick it to him this year. And I wish those two uh, teams played. I wish they would in the future, but sadly, Oklahoma's moving to the SEC right as uh, Colorado's moving to the Big 12. That was just announced. Colorado's moving back to the Big 12, uh, where I think they belong, to be quite honest with you. Um, So Dion's already moved the team to a different conference. Uh, He sold out the spring game, bringing bringing in countless five stars, four stars, three stars, transfers, He's he's doing great things, and for Venables to go after him, uh, I hope Oklahoma does worse than they did last year. I do. I'm going to root against them every single game. I don't like Venables. Um, I hope they aren't good. I hope they aren't a good football team. And I think Mizzou might have more wins than them this year. Mark that. Um, So as for that, I only have one more football story. And my football story is going to blend in with the, the first basketball story that I have. And basically, what I'm going to say is that um, this Justin Herbert deal is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. 
It's really, really ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, so let's really look at this. Okay. Five year, $262.5 million contract extension, averaging $52.5 million per year. Um, as far as I know, that's the highest in the NFL. He's the highest paid player. Um, let's see. That's yep. Justin Herbert's the highest paid NFL player. Why exactly is that? And I had the same issue with Jordan Halliburton, which which kind of is sort of making sense to me. I think that he is eventually maybe going to be worth it. Why? Why do this? You know who could do this because he's good enough? Patrick Mahomes can do this. You know who can't do this yet? Justin Herbert can't do this yet. Justin Herbert is not on Mahomes' level. Justin Herbert is not, in my opinion, he is not on Joe Burrow's level. He is not on Josh Allen's level. He is not on Jalen Hurts' level. And you know what I'm going to say right now? He Well, he's not on Aaron Rodgers' level, but he's not on um, Trevor Lawrence's level. I don't have Justin Herbert in my top five quarterbacks. Why would he be there? What? What, his arm talent? Yeah, he has wicked arm talent. But where was that arm talent whenever they were up by 27 points in the second half in a playoff game? And they choked the biggest playoff game in the history of the NFL. The largest margin, sorry, not the biggest game. The largest margin of a choke in the playoff, in uh, NFL playoff history. And people want to put it on the coach. Really? You're going to put that on the coach? You're going to put that on the coach when the coach coached them to a 27-point lead in the first half. And all of this sudden, it's all on the coach in the second half whenever everything goes to shit. And the defense lets up. It's getting scored on every single time, and the offense can't score. The offense can't move. That's automatically all on the, all on the coach. I don't know, man. I don't know, because I thought about this the other day. I think that the Chargers' offense is almost as stacked as Cincinnati's offense. Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. Now let's really look at it. Let's look at it. Because, you know, people want to say that's not true. People want to say, oh, but, you know, the receivers are are a lot better. Um, Let's really look at their roster. Okay. Here we go. How do I go, like, by, like, wide receiver room? Okay, this is good enough. This is good enough. Um, let's see if I can share my screen here. Help you guys out a little bit. Um, share screen. Bang. Okay. So I'm just eyeballing it right here. Who, by the way, stack defense as well. Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler. Okay, so they already have one up on... Uh, running backs, and a lot of people say Herbert's as good as Burrow. So I'm going from another point of view. We're tied, and then we're one up right now. Quentin Johnson's the wide receiver three on this team, okay? And I don't know if you think he's up there with Tyler Boyd, but I think he's pretty damn close. He's going to be a good player. We have Keenan Allen, who is right now their wide receiver one. He's aging. He's a veteran. But if you look at the stats... If you look at the stats year over year over year, he always produces. Okay. 
Now, I would tell you that Jamar Chase is a better wide receiver one. So I would say now we're back to even. All right. Do you think T. Higgins is better than Mike Williams? Who would you pick there? Because I think both guys, you could make the case for being a wide receiver one. I really do think that you could do that. I think that you could do that. Um, it, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough because I think they used to have Sonny Michelle as well, who I think they might have moved. Um, Gerald Everett, who I think is ridiculously underrated. Um, they have Isaiah Spiller. Josh Palmer, who was, if you watch the games, he was an integral part of that team last year. Um, and then, you know, some of these guys are no names. Okay. But I think I've made my point. I think I have made my point. I think that this team is has the weapons. It's damn near as good as Cincinnati. So here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. If Justin Herbert doesn't get past, at, at the very least, the wild card, or if they're in better position than that, if he doesn't make the playoffs, that's automatically he's out. I don't believe in him anymore if they don't make the playoffs. If they don't get out of the wild card of the first round of the playoffs, I'm going to come right back on this podcast and say, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Because I see the field. I do. I see the field. And I know when I see a winner. And you know what? If this team wants to win games, you know who they should start? They shouldn't start Herbert. They should start Max Duggan. That's who they should start. Because I know Max Duggan got blown out in the college football playoff when they were severely outmatched. But Max Duggan puts his heart on the line. And I know a few games Herbert was hurt and we saw him push through that. But you got to win that football game. You have got to win that football game against Jacksonville. We saw who the better quarterback was during that game. From then on, I said Trevor Lawrence is the better quarterback because he went out and he won that. He threw four picks and he said, fuck it. Fuck that. And he went out and he won the game in the second half. He stole that game right out of Justin Herbert's hands. And he didn't do anything about it. He didn't do anything about it. Herbert didn't have Mike Williams. Okay, so what? So what? Patrick Mahomes had, who was his best receiver? Tony last year? Well, he has Kelsey. He has Kelsey, but Herbert's got, you know, Herbert has has both Eckler and he has Allen. Why is he the highest paid player in the NFL? I don't understand. I don't. Um, but what I think, I, here's, here's my reason, and here's what I think happened with the Chargers. You can't let him hit the open market because then the bidding starts. And this $260 million contract could have been moved to a $300 million contract because the market rises every single year. And they wanted this deal, he, they wanted to pay him before Burrow got paid because Burrow's about to get paid. I know what just happened with his calf strain. He's going to be fine. Burrow's about to get paid. He's going to be the highest paid. And you know what? I think he deserves it because that guy wins football games. That guy's gotten past the first round. We've seen him do it. He has won half of the Bengals' playoff wins 
in their entire team's history. He's won five games and they've won 10 in their entire history. Burrow already has five. And he's been there for like three years. He deserves it. This guy does not. This guy does not. This guy is looking a lot like Phillip Rivers, a regular season pro, and then doesn't get it done in the playoffs. That's what I'll say. And that is my segue to basketball, where I have another issue with another contract, and that's Jalen Brown. I am a 5'8 white kid who has hit the side of the backboard multiple times in a game and has airballed a kind of airballed at the free throw. And I have more of a left hand than Jalen Brown does. I am better at dribbling with my left hand than Jalen Brown does. I am suspect that Jalen Brown can do the spider drill, where you dribble really fast in between your legs. I don't think he can do it. I don't. I don't think that he can do it. I think Jalen Brown, this is, this is going to end up being one of the worst contracts uh, in NBA history. In NBA history, it's going to be up there with the John Wall contract from Washington. It will be up there with that. It 100% will. It will. Watch. It will. You know why? Because what are they going to do next year with Tatum? What are they going to do next year with Tatum? What, are they going to put both guys on the max? Who's going to be on the team other than that? And they're expected to pay Kristaps Porzingis? Here's what's happening in the NBA. Money is coming out of all the owners' assholes. Money is coming out of nowhere from the league. There's no salary cap anymore in the NFL or the NBA. I'm convinced of that. Where is this money coming from? You tell me that. You tell me that. Because if they're paying this guy, who, he's a great player. He's a great player. Maybe top 20? I think he is top 20. I don't think he's top 15. I don't. I don't think he's top 15. He can't go left. He has one of the highest rate of turnovers, and he was probably the reason that the Boston Celtics lost that series. If he was there shooting well, Boston would have had a much greater chance at winning that series. And let's look at his. Five-year, $304 million. Oh, my God. I'm not a math major, guys. Uh, but that's almost that's a little bit more than $60 million every single year. $60 million. That's more than Curry. Granted, he's aged, but that's more than LeBron. That's more than Giannis. That's more than Jokic. What? What are we doing? Jalen Brown's agent must be Houdini. Here's here's my thing. Good for Jalen Brown. I'm happy that he got paid, but I don't know what's happening with the market right now. It's blowing up. It's Mbappe just got a contract. You know, it's not signed. I don't think Mbappe is going to go. I, I don't know what's happened with Mbappe because I don't follow soccer like that. Um, 
for $770 million for one year. For one year. And the, and the, the Saudi club was going to pay PSG 230, 330 or something like that million just to transfer him over for one year. One year. The deal was going to be a total of $1.1 billion for one player. It's a scary world. At what point does money not mean anything anymore? Really, really, that's a real thing. At what point does money not mean anything anymore? Because this started to happen in the NFL, I feel like, a couple of years back, where guys were starting to get big contracts. It's kind of started to me in my brain with Ryan Tannehill. That one I still talk about to this day. You guys have heard me speak badly about Ryan Tannehill. Horrific contract. And you know what? The Titans are the Titans are eating it because he can't win football games. You know who wins football games for that team offensively? Derrick Henry wins football teams for that for that football team. Win football games for that football team. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. The market's blowing up everywhere. The market's blowing up. There's more money in sports than there's ever been. Sports betting's at an all-time high. You can look at all the stats. That's what it says. Um, social media and sports is going off the wazoo. My golf TikTok um, has just hit 1.5 million views. Whenever I recorded last, I was like bragging to the guys about how my my video hit like 300k. It's now 1.5 million views. Ridiculous, ridiculous. I I gained like all more than 300 followers from one video, pretty much. Um, some other little things in baseball. The Orioles are nearing a deal for Flaherty. I don't care. Uh, I don't care at all. I don't. Um, Flaherty is just like, he doesn't really exist to me. I once won one game this season against the Brewers and Flaherty pitched very well. Uh, and you know what? He was our ace for the most part. He was our ace. Um, and, you know, a lot of people don't like him because of some of the stuff that he said. Uh, and some of the ways that he acts around the media, but that's what I'll say. Good that he's gone. Good that he's gone. Good that Hicks is gone. Whoever they get out, as long as it's not Gorman, Walker, Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Newt Bar. Those five need to stay. Those five need to stay. Contreras needs to get out. Contreras needs to get out. Uh, Burleson, we need to trade for some good value because he's high value. Okay, enough about baseball. I'm going to move into like more of a buy or sell segment where I, I'm buying things and selling things. Most of them are selling, uh, but I'll go through them quick. Um, and you know what? I can do an unboxing right now. I am buying the Apple AirTag this week. I just bought a four pack of them. And the reason I bought them is because I lose quite literally everything all the time. Um, I have three different pairs of AirPods. <coughs> three different pairs of AirPods. Um, and right now I have, I have the case for one of them and the AirPods and the case for another one and the AirPods. And I have the AirPods, but no case. I don't know where the case is at. So... 
I'm buying AirPods. I bought a case on Amazon with an AirTag on it. I'm going to move it in front of my face so that you can see it. Um, and you know what, man? These things are awesome. These things are truly, truly, really great. There we go. No more green screen. Okay. So this is my AirTag review. Um, I'll go to my Find My, and I hope I don't, you know, expose any information about myself on here, but um, basically how it works, I shouldn't probably have my street on there. Oh, well. Um, is obviously I have like my phone, like my, uh, where, where I'm at right here and I can press on here the thing for my, for my AirPods. I press that and it's like, it's like, all right, do you want to find it or do you want to play the sound? Let's say, let's play the sound. That's what it sounds like. So if I know I'm in the room somewhere and it's close, I can play the sound and it'll tell me where it's at. If I want to press find... It tells me how far using Bluetooth, how far away my case is. So this you this this I can use if I'm in the same vicinity as it. But like so, so like look so like here's my AirPod case. It says it's three feet away. I move it closer. It tells me by the inch. And then I get here, and it says here. It's bizarre. It is bizarre technology. But you can you know I I bought four of them. I have one on my AirPods. Um, I have one that I put in. I bought a wallet that has an Amazon uh, that from Amazon that, that I can use. Um, and then what I'm unboxing right now is a keychain, so I can put it on my keys too. Um, and here's how this works. This is a really bizarre thing. I don't know how I can kind of set this up to the point where you can see it. We'll have it like, we'll have it like this. So here's the AirTag right here. I rip off this and then I got to like pull this thing out of here. Oh, hold on. Bang. It starts making the sound and bang, it's connecting. It's connecting, so I connect it and then I can name it for whatever I want. So I'm gonna put down keys. You can put down keys. I select that, uh, and then I just have to link it to my iCloud. And it's saying connecting. I'm gonna move it back up now. Done. So Andrew's keys. So now these are keys with me. One thing I will say. If you are getting the air tags is that I would turn off notifications because if you leave anything anywhere it will start to say like you know it'll start to say um, it'll start to say like you're moving without your airpods and you're like yeah that's a normal I mean, take my airpods everywhere that's a normal thing so I've turned off the notifications for it and if I need it I just open up my my find my you know what I'm saying so uh so the airpods i would say if you're like me and and you struggle to find things a lot it's the move it is for sure the move um you know it, it, like so how it works is if it's in within bluetooth range if you know you're in 
the vicinity of it, you can just open that Find My. It'll take you to it. And if you're not, it has a constant GPS tracker everywhere that's connected to your phone. So it's not like Find My iPhone normally. Like, like I know a lot of people were like this. They were like, so, so why, so why did you get, um, why did you get an AirTag for your AirPods? And my answer is that my experience says that the only, like the only time that, um, that my, uh, my find my tracks, my AirPods is when they're on, when I'm like using them. Like right now it would say they're at my house, you know, I'm using them at my house. And so if I, if I were to power them off, like just put them in the case, close it. And then I would be like driving and I drove to like Colorado, just a normal, like a weird place. It would still say they were at my house on find my, unless I turn them on and use them. So that was very frustrating to me. And I was like, all right, so I still have one left and I think I'm going to put that on my MacBook, I believe, because that's a pretty valuable thing. And I always want to know where that's at. So I believe that's what I'm going to do next. That or my beats, my beats. Um, but yeah, um, the, I'm buying air tags. They're really cool. Um, if you lose things a lot, like I do, it's pretty much a write-off. It's just like, it's like 80, it was like 85 uh, this week for four of them. It was a pretty good deal. So I ended up doing that. And then I the, the cases each are like 10 bucks. It's nothing. So the air tags were definitely a great investment. Um, and we're, we'll move to the cell. Okay. I have three cells. I'll make them quick. I'm selling the, uh, health and dental care, um, community. Okay. And I'm not going to sell the things that they do. I want to make it clear that the health and dental care, this is hot, namely hospitals, um, dentists, all that sort of, thing, uh, medical stuff. They do fantastic work. They save lives every single day. That, that goes without saying. But the amount of time that some people have to wait in order to get an appointment or to, you know, do this or to do that, uh, it's very bizarre to me. And then also, like, you have to schedule an appointment, like, months in advance. Months in advance. I, pro- I, I promise you that they have openings and at other times and they could just extend their hours, maybe one hour on either time and just rotate more people in. There's a different way to do it than this, than to make it so complicated. Um, you know, the health and wellness field is such a complicated place where you have to, you know, sign so many documents and do all of this just to... Um, just to get an appointment, just to get some sort of attention about some sort of thing you have. Like, so for instance, um, I had to put off my, my dentist appointment in January and my mom was going back and forth with this dentist for months. And I just now went back like six months later, I just went back. That's how long it takes. And at that point I'm like, really? And I hear the same thing about hospitals. So that's what I'll say about that. Just do better at that. To keep doing the same thing you're doing, saving people, but just make it easier. I'm selling Balenciaga. Okay. Um, what exactly is attractive about this to people? And what what I'll say is like, 
I don't mean the Balenciaga shoes. I actually think that some of the Balenciaga shoes are pretty cool. But what I mean is like some of these like runway looks. Here's here's what I mean. Then I'll share my screen real quick. Um, like Rihanna, like love the music, but you know what exactly is that? What is this? It's like designer stuff, I guess, and like you know stuff like people say oh, you're just poor. Um, yeah, I mean, if I was rich, I still wouldn't buy this. This is like, this is for $5,000, this. Um, if somebody like went up to me in this outfit and started talking to me, I'd probably hit them in the face. Like, what? Oh, God, dude. This is just painful. It's, it's, it's really, it, it is painful. Um, if you ever want to laugh, you can look at that stuff. I'm selling Balenciaga. Um, I don't get the aura around it. The shoes are cool. Some of the merch is cool, but, you know, stop with all the other shit. Next, we're going to move into my top five. And it's going to be a top five this week, obviously, because there's nobody here to draft with me. So it's going to be the top five, my top five comedic actors of my lifetime. I don't want to say of all time because there are some greats, um, you know, that, that, that would be left off um, if it was just, you know, the top five comedic actors. So I'll say of my lifetime and proceed with my list. At number one, I have Will Ferrell. Okay. Will Ferrell, I should start at number five. At number five is a guy who really, he's had a, a few very funny movies. Um, and he always seems to make me laugh whenever he's on the screen he could honestly move up to the four or three spot here, but I just have him at five. Um, but he's on here just because I respect the hell out of him. Steve Carell's at five. Steve Carell is, he, he has the best, he can say this for the rest of his life, that he is the best TV character of all time. Michael Scott is undisputedly the best comedic television actor of all time. You could say maybe like Homer Simpson's up there. But, I mean, that's a cartoon. Like, who else is up there with him, do you think? Um, Sheldon? But I don't, you know, Steve Carell clears him. Number four, we got David Spade. David Spade, I have in here because I just personally love all the movies he does. Father of the Year is great. Uh, Grown Ups is great. All, pretty much all the stuff I see him in, I always really, really enjoy. Um, so that's where I have him at four. At three, I have Jonah Hill. And Jonah Hill has shown his diversity as well, but where he really shines is in that comedic area, um, namely War Dogs. Um, who, what else is he great in? Wolf of Wall Street, he's really great in. Um, I'm blanking on some of the other ones, but he is just fantastic in everything I see him in. And number two, I have Adam Sandler. Uh, the total body of work, everything that he's put in, Everything he's in is funny. Um, he has some of my favorite movies. He really does. And then at number one, Will Ferrell, undisputed, I feel like. He's t tip of the top. Some of the funniest, you know, Ron Burgundy, Talladega Nights, um, Step Brothers. Oh, man, the, the list goes on and on. He has just banger after banger after banger. Will Ferrell's at one. Um, so that is the end of this podcast. Thank you guys for 
continuing to listen, um, to continuing to support it. I know I got pretty worked up at some points in this podcast, but you know what? The show goes on. Um, so that being said, I'm buying AirPods. I'm selling Balenciaga. Um, and I'm selling the health and dental care uh, customer service pretty much. And yeah, selling Brent Venables as well. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, like and subscribe and I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening or watching whatever the hell you did. And make sure to check out our socials at Sports Society Pod on all platforms. Thank you.